welcome to the Girls Who Run the World podcast, where we're bringing you inspiring guests who are leaders in their industries. We'll be tackling topics from education and empowerment to diversity and inclusion. Together, let's learn from these incredible women. This podcast is brought to you by Our Gorongosa. We create specialty coffee with 100% of profits supporting people, wildlife, and the planet in Gorongosa National Park, Mozambique. Girls' education is one of our biggest priorities because we know girls have the power to change the world. Just like Beyonce said, who runs the world? Girls! Hello and welcome back to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. My name is Emily and I am your host and I'm so excited you're here. As usual, we love seeing you post about it on social media. Make sure you tag us at our Gorongoza and share with any of your friends who you know would be inspired by this episode. So before we get to today's episode featuring Elisabetta, founder of Coranza, a female-founded and run nonprofit passionate about empowering our fellow women through education. And so they run their programs in Mozambique as well. So before we get to that, I wanted to chat to you about elephants. So you might be wondering why elephants why now? So World Elephant Day is this August 12th. And at Gorongosa, wildlife conservation is one of the main ways we support Gorongosa National Park. So currently there are around 800 of these incredibly smart and cute animals in the park. And our big, huge goal is to have 250,000 large mammals. So not just elephants, but large mammals in the park by 2035. So the very, very cool thing is that when you buy our coffee, you're supporting this kind of initiative. So 100% of our profits support these initiatives in the park in Mozambique. So we have a very special blend called Elephants Never Forget. It's our light blend. It's delicious. It's actually one of my favorites. And on August 12th, we are having a special flash sale. So if you're listening to this, when this episode launches you'll get in on this exciting deal. So when you buy any two bags of coffee, you can add an additional bag of Elephants Never Forget for $10 off that bag. So no codes needed. Make sure you get your hands on this incredible deal. Head to rgorongosa.com to take advantage of it. Okay, so... As I mentioned, today's episode is featuring Elisabetta Colabianchi, founder of Curanza. So Curanza means to love, which is just incredible. And you really can feel that love that Elisabetta has for the communities that she supports through her nonprofit in Mozambique. So it's super incredible. So Elisabetta has spent the past decade working towards a more equitable society for girls and women everywhere. So before founding Curanza, she worked for nonprofits and NGOs from New York City to Mozambique, traveled extensively, and even studied abroad with the United Nations. She is passionate about empowering women through education, especially in underserved communities. As founder and executive director, Elisabetta helps ensure greater access to schooling for girls in Mozambique by developing impactful programs, overseeing operations, and leading communications with donors and supporters. So in this episode, you'll learn about her journey 
with nonprofit experience, as I mentioned, she has a lot of it, and how she started her own nonprofit. We also talked about the difficulties and barriers that girls in Mozambique face in getting an education, because it's not always just about are there schools available they can go to? It's how do they get to school? What is the family support? All those issues we talk about. And we also talk about the biggest challenges she's faced running a nonprofit and how she's overcome them. So I hope you find this episode super inspiring. And as I mentioned, please, please share. It's how we can have more impact in the world and just share these stories for you to get inspired and your friends. And that's how we create a beautiful, beautiful world. So for more information, please make sure you visit her website. I've linked it up below and their Instagram. All right, let's get to it. Here's episode 12 featuring the founder of Curanza, Elisabetta. Welcome to the show, Elisabetta. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. So we are going to jump right on into the opening segment. Are you ready? I'm ready. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? To be honest, I'm really grateful for all the people in my life and, you know, especially my friends and my family and all the team members of Curanza and, you know, we've just had so much growth in this last year and so many changes. And so looking back, I'm just really grateful for like where we started and each person who has helped us get to where we are right now. Mm, I love that. And I love the idea. This has just been something that's been coming up for me lately and I'm sure you can relate as an entrepreneur, but I'm so often going to the next thing without taking the time to reflect and celebrate. So I really love that you said that. That's awesome. Well, thanks. What inspires you daily? What are kind of some of the things that get you excited to do the work you're doing, to build those relationships? What gets you excited and inspired? I think definitely hearing the stories from the team in the field in Mozambique, like hearing how the girls are being impacted tangibly, like that really inspires me. And it reminds me like why I started this because running a nonprofit is very challenging, but I feel like when you can remember why you started and why you're doing this in the first place, it just helps you be inspired to keep on going. Yes, absolutely. The why is so, so important. What advice would you give your younger self? I always preface by saying if she would listen. Oh, that's a good one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'd probably tell her to relax and that everything will work out how it's supposed to, you know, and that the challenges in our lives are actually really blessings and they're where we grow the most. And so to just accept things that come your way and be open to the challenges. Mm, I love that. What's one mantra you like to live your life by? Okay, so definitely Deus uh, nu comando. So God is in control. I think I definitely, you know, have learned to have this be my mantra because everything is in his hands. We're not controlling everything, you know, and so like he'll make a way where there's no way. So just trusting in him. Who or what has been your biggest teacher so far in your life? <laughs> I think definitely the challenges in my life are my biggest teacher because I've gone through quite a few challenges, especially recently. And I think 
Um, those are the times when I've learned the most. And, you know, it's only until you're like pressured and like uncomfortable and like put into these situations that you can actually grow from them. Right. And I always think about um, like gold, you know, when gold is heated up and refined, that's when the pure, the impurities are taken out and then you can be like pure gold. So I definitely think like with all the challenges in my life, like they've taught me so much and now I'm just super grateful for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we often forget that there really is no growth without the challenges. Yeah. If you just carried on with your life as everything was and nothing came in your path, then there would be no growth. And then there's no expansion and learning new things. And really, that seems quite boring. And I don't think any of us want that. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. I know. So like now when a challenge comes my way, I'm actually like, oh, cool. Like, this just means like, I'm going to grow or learn something new, which I definitely didn't used to think that way. But <laughs> yes, I think there was a point and I'm sure most of us can relate. Definitely a point in my life where I felt a sl- like slightly sorry for myself if a challenge mm-hmm. would come up. Yeah. And now I will say I still give myself the space to be like, well, this sucks or, you know, this makes me sad or whatever the emotion is. And I agree that with the life experience, you start to understand that in the end, even though maybe it doesn't feel great right now, Mm -hmm. in the end, it is what is going to give you the most growth. Yeah, that's so true. Mm -hmm. I'd love to start with, for those who don't really know you yet, I would love to chat a little bit about your journey into your career and starting your nonprofit. So how did that all come about? Yeah, so I was actually a Peace Corps volunteer in Mozambique. So after college, I was in New York for a little bit doing AmeriCorps, and I just really loved my experience there. So then I applied for the Peace Corps. And back then, you didn't get to choose the country that (laughs) you went to. And so I already spoke Spanish and Italian. So they thought, okay, let's put you in Mozambique, where Portuguese is the national language. Um, So I was placed in a rural village in Gija in Gaza province in southern Mozambique. And I worked at the Centro de Saúde de Gija, so the hospital, and I was counseling HIV-positive women on the prevention of transmission to their babies. And yeah, this work was really important to me. And I also felt like during my Peace Corps experience, I was super integrated into the community. And I saw the other NGOs and government organizations there. And I felt like there was a little bit of a disconnect with, you know, the interventions that they're offering and then the community involvement and what the community really needs. So I think through that experience, it really just inspired me to start a project with the community. So that's kind of how Quiranza started. That is so cool. And for anyone who really doesn't know anything about Quiranza, can you explain a little bit about what you do? Yeah, sure. So uh, Coranza is a grassroots nonprofit organization based in Mozambique. We have uh, two sites in Gija in Gaza province and then Shai Shai, which is the provincial capital of Gaza as well. And we're focused on education for girls. So we currently have over 200 girls in our education programs and we provide scholarships for the girls. So we give uniforms, school supplies, transportation to and from school um, if there's any tuition um, or school fees. And then we also have holistic programs. So we help the girls with uh, social aspects such as, you know, nutrition and some of our girls are HIV positive, um, any abuse or anything related to that. We just want to make sure that the girls are 
taken care of holistically. And we also are launching a mentorship program this month. And yeah, so that's pretty much what we do. So yeah. That's amazing. I love that so much. And there's so much to what you just said. And something that I think is really important for everybody to kind of understand who's listening and that I would love for us to get into a little bit is, and you touched on this a bit, but there are so many difficulties and barriers to girls in Mozambique to getting their education. And I want to hear from you kind of what some of those big barriers and difficulties are that you see often. And it sounds like programs like yours are a great solution to starting to break down some of these barriers. Thank you. I mean, that's our overall goal is to break down these barriers so that more girls can go to school and thrive, you know, afterwards. So yeah, there are so many barriers. I would say that one of the bigger ones is that a lot of these girls' guardians and parents haven't uh, gone to school or maybe they went to second or third grade, but they personally don't have the experience of graduating. So they don't really see the benefit in education. They haven't seen it tangibly. So, you know, it's not... Um, like in the U.S. and probably Canada, right? Like our parents encourage us to stay in school and to go to school. I feel like it's kind of the opposite with a lot of the girls that we're working with where they want to go to school, but their family doesn't really see the benefit. So sometimes they're encouraged to stay home and help with the house chores, which is totally understandable. Those need to get done too, you know? So it's just like the balance between the two. Yeah, Um, and that, you know, family pressure is something that would be such a huge barrier to overcome because at the end of the day, children really want to make their parents proud and really want to do right by them. It's like a naturally, I think, ingrained kind of relationship that we have with our parents. So I can only imagine how difficult it must be if you are up against a family who really doesn't see what the value is, which I understand why they wouldn't, right? I Mm -hmm. totally get why they wouldn't. And it must be so hard to kind of get the girls to feel like they're able to kind of overcome that barrier. Yeah, it's so difficult. That's why we try to involve the guardians and the parents in what we're doing, make sure that we meet with them, we answer any questions, we kind of try to show them what the benefit will be in the long run too, if their child or granddaughter or niece, you know, gets an education. So that's really important. But I mean, other than that, there's like transportation, which is something that I mentioned that we provide to all the girls, but um, high schools are not in every town, right? So especially in our main village, there's a high school about 10 kilometers away and another one about uh, seven. And so those are the two high schools that they go to. So a lot of girls were walking that distance to school, but it's not really safe. And then also there's not as much time to work on your household chores or, you know, to do your homework. So to get good grades in school. So that's always an issue. And then a lot of girls and their parents or guardians don't have money to pay for transportation. So that's another issue. But um, there are so many, even like the kids in our program, a lot of them, we just did a program or a project to do an intake of all the girls that have their birth certificate and IDs. And we noticed that a lot don't have those. And so they're not supposed to go to school. Like they're not allowed officially to go to school if you don't have that documentation. So we're getting all the documentation for the girls in our program, but we're seeing that this is a problem like in the whole community, you know? Right. Because even if the girl wants to, and then even if their 
parent or guardian is on board and then they go perhaps to register and they don't have any documentation, then I suppose they would just get kind of turned away or what have you. So that's a huge barrier too. It is. So many. Okay. But on the positive side, I want to hear from you what you have really seen be the the differences that an education can make. Yeah. So I think like the the story that comes to mind is when we first started this program, this education program in the I Stand for Girls campaign, I actually wanted to start uh, sending my namesake, my Shara, uh, to school and to preschool. So I started paying for tuition for her, Lindsay Brianna, when she was three years old. So she started going to preschool. This was back in uh, February of 2017. And then when I went to Mozambique that summer for three months, you know, and I stayed with her and her mom, I was just seeing that she was able to count in English. She was already speaking in both Shangana, you know, the local language and Portuguese, the national language, which is very uncommon for that age. She was also reciting Portuguese poems and she was just so curious about life. So this really showed me, wow, an education that makes a huge difference because there are a lot of kids in our village who are maybe six and seven years old who didn't go to first grade yet. And their level is like a lot lower than this three-year-old who started preschool. And so that just really inspired me and our team to kind of shift into education and to put a focus on this. Mm, That is so, so cool and so impactful. I love it. Switching gears a little bit, I wanted to chat with you about some of the challenges you face. And you kind of mentioned this in the beginning, but running a nonprofit, I can only imagine that there's many different challenges but I would love to hear of maybe one or two big challenges that you faced and how you've overcome them. Yeah, so in the beginning, I think the biggest challenge for Curanza was funding because we weren't a nonprofit in the beginning. And I think if you don't have that nonprofit status, it's a little bit harder to get donations. So I really bootstrapped in the beginning. I was waitressing for the first three or four years of starting Curanza and all of my tips and all of my money was going towards funding Curanza. Also, some of my Peace Corps, you know, you get a Peace Corps like bonus when you're done with it, like that went towards this. And yeah, so that was kind of our biggest challenge in the beginning. But now that we're more established, funding is better now. And now it's more like scaling and making sure that we're making the impact that we're setting out to create. And so we've like restructured this whole year. We brought on five new Mozambican team members in the last, I want to say, four months, four or five months. And so it's definitely, it's super exciting, but it's also a challenge like every day, just figuring out the ins and out, figuring out how we can create even more impact, how we can better all of our programs, how we can create the best services possible for the girls. Mm, I love that. You know, there's nothing easy about what you're doing and I don't think anything really important (laughs) is. <laughs> so uh, before we get to the rapid fire round, I wanted to first acknowledge you for the incredible work that you're doing and just the impact that you're having on showing these girls and they turn into women what's possible for them in the world. It's really, really beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. And I want to know for anyone listening, how can we get involved with the maybe I stand for girls campaign or where can we follow you? Tell us all the details. 
Yeah. So we are most active on Instagram. So if you want to follow us at love Kuranza, and then it's K-U-R-A-N-D-Z-A which means to love in Shangana, our local language. Uh, you can follow us there. And you can also sign up for our newsletter on kuranza.org. And then our I Stand for Girls campaign launches next month. It's our annual campaign. So every September we launch this. And it's like the most fun time of year for us because we just come together with women and individuals around the world and basically just spread awareness about why girls' education matters, why it's important, and what we're doing to help. So we're also raising scholarships for the over 200 girls in our program and hopefully taking on some new girls this year as well. So if anyone wants to join either as someone who helps spread the word on social media, you can join our launch team right now. You can go to kuranza.org slash launch dash team, or you can DM us on Instagram. And then if you also want to sponsor a girl for $25 a month or holistically for $50 a month, you can also sign up to do that during the campaign. And we would love to have you joining us. Mm, I love that. Okay, let's get into the rapid fire. Okay. First one, a book that's changed your life. So this is an easy one, the Bible. (laughs) Awesome. Favorite place you've traveled. Okay, so this is a harder one. (laughs) So many places. I mean, okay, I'm going to mention a few. (laughs) That's okay. So Hawaii, Oahu is like my favorite. And then also Bali is just so calming. And I mean, I'm I'm Italian, so Italy I love. And then, of course, Mozambique. Mm, Love it. What are you most excited for this year? I'm super excited for all the restructuring and growth that Kuranza is happening right now with our lives. I mean, I think like one of the most exciting and rewarding things about this work is seeing the impact that our programs have on the girls. And I know that with all of the restructuring that's taking place, we're really going to increase that impact this year and bringing on new team members. And I'm also just really excited about all the COVID restrictions being lifted and I'll be able to, you know, travel to Mozambique soon and be with the on the ground staff. It's been a while. So I haven't been there since COVID. So I'm really excited to go back. Oh, that'll be so amazing. A beautiful reunion it will be. Name a lesson you've learned recently. Okay, so recently I've learned that it's not selfish to practice self-care. I've learned this one a little bit late. I mean, I feel like I've gone in and out of learning it, but recently I've just realized that I can be a better leader if I take time for breaks and take time to, you know, unplug and not do work for a little, take the weekends off, you know, just relax. And then I can come back even better. So definitely taking care of myself mentally and physically as well. Mm, Such an important lesson. Last one here. Name a woman who inspires you. Oh, there are so many. I mean, I think I would want to mention my friend who's a board member too. Her name's Sarah. And she's just been such an inspiration to me lately, just with everything, like I mentioned before, with all the restructuring and growth that's happening with Kuranza, there are so many challenges and she's just been there for me and Kuranza through it all. And every piece of wisdom she shares with me just really inspires me. So definitely Sarah. Oh, shout out to Sarah. Team love. (laughs) I love it. Well, Elisabetta, this has been incredible. Thank you so much for taking the time. And everyone, make sure you go check her out and check out all the incredible things that they are doing. And thank you again for taking the time. 
Thanks so much for having me. It was really fun. My pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Girls Who Run the World podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would love it. Leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. To learn more about Our Gorongosa, head over to OurGorongosa.com and find us on social at OurGorongosa.com.